Fall is coming. Let's get going. L.L. Bean wants to help you make the most out of this spectacular season with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors. For fall hikes, when it's cold in the morning and warm in the afternoon, layering becomes very important. You don't want to get chilled and you don't want to sweat through your clothes either. A good rule of thumb is to start out dressed as if the temperature is 10 degrees warmer than it is. So once you start generating body heat, you won't get overly hot. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. I'm Jason Epperson. Welcome back to the America's National Parks podcast. It's time for the latest in National Park news. First up, a big change to National Park passes. The senior, access, volunteer, and military passes to National Parks have always had one signature line on the back. But the annual pass that's available for any member of the public to purchase for $80 currently has two signature lines. The pass allows a carload of up to four adults access to lands managed by the National Park Service, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the U.S. Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, the Bureau of Reclamation, and U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. The dual signature lines allowed, for instance, a couple to enter and exit parks separately without buying an additional pass. Well, apparently the federal government feels that privilege has been abused with users sharing their annual pass with people outside of their household. So beginning in January, the annual pass will only have one signature line. This really isn't that big of a deal for most people visiting parks as they usually enter and exit together. It is a big deal for people who stay at parks, at campgrounds and lodges, and it has been for anyone holding the other passes, the senior and the access pass, if a person needs to leave the park to get food, gas, supplies, medicine, whatever, they need to be the pass holder in order to get back in without paying admission. There's a simple solution for this problem, though. The parks should consider giving a vehicle pass out to anyone who is lodging in the parks that has paid admission. Imagine you're a family that has one member with the access pass that's meant to provide people with disabilities and their families access to the parks for free. And imagine that family member is in a wheelchair. Under the current system, anyone going out to get groceries would need to be accompanied by the person in the wheelchair. Though my family doesn't have a severe mobility disability, we do have someone with an access pass, and we have experienced this exact scenario. All annual and lifetime passes still cover the pass owner and all occupants in a personal vehicle at sites that charge per vehicle or the pass owner and up to three adults, 16 and over, at sites that charge per person. Children ages 15 and under are always admitted free. If you want to know about all the different passes available, which is right for you and how to get them, we have a video covering all of them that I will link to in the description for this episode. In a tragic and rare incident, two experienced backpackers lost their lives to a grizzly bear attack during their journey through Canada's Banff National Park. They encountered a grizzly bear at their campsite, and despite meticulous planning and adherence to recommended wildlife safety practices, such as using bear spray and securing food, the encounter proved fatal. In a desperate attempt to seek help, the couple managed to send an SOS signal via a Garmin inReach satellite communicator. The message read, Bear attack. Bad. Parks Canada stated that this incident marked the first grizzly bear caused fatality in Banff National Park in decades. When the Wildlife Human Attack Response Team reached the remote campsite, they found evidence of a struggle, including a discharged can of bear spray and a bear-proof food bag hanging in a tree. The bear, an older female in fair condition but with notably poor dental health and lower than normal body fat for the season, was found at the site. 
When the response team arrived, the bear exhibited aggressive behavior, charging at them, and was subsequently shot and killed. Ah, you hear that? The sound of a crackling fire. But this isn't just any old campfire. This is a smokeless solo stove fire pit. How can you tell? Well, you don't hear any coughing, hand wafting, or people complaining about smoke in their eyes. All you can hear are logs turning to coals as the night sky becomes a cosmic canvas. With Bonfire by Solo Stove, you get a fire pit that's portable, burns smoke off before it ever leaves the pit, and is backed by a lifetime warranty. Use promo code PARKS20 to get $20 off your next purchase of $200 or more at solostove.com. The search for a man who went missing in Rocky Mountain National Park has been suspended. Chad Palange, 49, of Fort Collins, Colorado, was reported overdue on September 28th, and park rangers confirmed his vehicle was still parked at the North Inlet Trailhead on the west side of Rocky Mountain National Park. Palange was last heard from around noon on Wednesday, September 27th, when a text that was received at that time indicated he was almost to the summit of Mount Alice and roughly seven miles from the Bear Lake area. 77 individuals were involved in the search efforts, including seven search teams, three dog teams, and one state of Colorado Department of Fire Prevention and Control drone team. Palich's reported itinerary was an expansive 28-mile route, which included crossing the Continental Divide and traveling on established trails, as well as off-trail travel through steep talus slopes. Potential areas included Lake Verna, Mount Alice, Chief's Head Peak, Black Lake, Mills Lake, and Flattop Mountain. Palich had not attempted this route previously, but is an experienced trail runner who has run numerous routes in the park, including Long's Peak, more than 30 times. Palich is described as 5'7", 155 pounds, with brown hair and blue eyes. He's a fit runner with both trail running and marathon experience. He's likely wearing a black ultralight jacket, black running shorts or leggings, and a gray fanny pack. Palich had personal navigation with him, but the device was not designed for emergency assistance. If you have information that could help investigators, if you may have seen or known Chad Palange, or if you were in the areas listed above on September 27th, please contact the National Park Service Investigative Services Bureau tip line at 888-653-0009. While documenting fossil track sites along a stretch of Lake Powell, a Glen Canyon National Recreation Area field crew discovered the first tritolodontid bone bed found in the Navajo Sandstone in Utah. These extremely rare fossils are one of the more important fossil vertebrate discoveries in the United States ever. The discovery included body fossils like bones and teeth, which are rare in the geologic formation known as the Navajo Sandstone within the Glen Canyon group. This new discovery will shed light on the fossil history exposed on the challenging shorelines of Lake Powell. In March, paleontologists were documenting fossil track sites when they discovered a rare fossil horizon that was full of the impressions of bones and bone fragments of these early herbivore mammal relatives from the early Jurassic period. The site's been submerged by Lake Powell's fluctuating water levels and was only found because the paleontologists were in the right place at the right time before the annual snowmelt filled the lake. Field teams were only able to access the location for a very short window to recover the fossils. The crew collected several hundred pounds of rocks encasing the fossil bones and skeletons at the site. These will be scanned with x-rays at the University of Utah South Jordan Health Center. 
before they're mechanically prepared and studied at St. George Dinosaur Discovery Site at Johnson Farm with help from Petrified Forest National Park and the Smithsonian Institution. The fossils will become part of the Glen Canyon National Recreation Area Museum collections to be housed at the Prehistoric Museum in Price, Utah. That's it for this month's National Park News Roundup. We'll see you next time.